0: Hey, welcome to Father In Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I am not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. I'm joined today by a great person and a great dad. His name is John Ferris. John, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the episode. I'm confident that this is going to be helpful and inspirational to dads, myself included. And for all of those listening and watching, I asked John to be on the podcast because obviously adoption is kind of a hot topic across the nation right now. And John and his wife in their lifestyle and their life in general, adoption and fostering has been a pretty big part of it all. Yes, it and so John's going to come on and share a little bit of his life, a little bit of his story and his journey, talk to us about fostering, adoption. And I'm looking forward to his answer on kind of the heart and mentality behind it all. Uh, I, know, I know it's going to be good. So anyway, without further ado, I've kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit on telling everyone that you're a dad, Uh, but why don't you tell us how many kids
1: you have? You bet. You bet. So I'm the proud papa of six beautiful, amazing children. Awesome. Six. Six. Uh, So of the six that you have,
0: because, you know, we're talking about fostering to adopt here, how many biologically are yours? So we have three biological children. Okay. And we have three adopted children. Okay. And... Of the three adopted, were they all fostered to adopt? Mm-mm, no. Okay. No, no,
1: no. We had uh, two, two were, and okay. one was just an amazing miracle. And, awesome. And I would love to share that because it was just a, a phenomenal thing. But yeah, uh, two were fostered to adopt, and one was just, uh, we were actually in the process of getting renewing our, our license to foster, and just an amazing thing happened.
0: Okay. That cool.
1: So, cool. Uh, well, I'll give you the opportunity closer to the end to, ta- to tell that. That's great.
0: great. Um, all right, so let me ask you this question, and this might, no, no pressure if you don't know the exact number, but in total, how many children have you and your wife fostered?
1: You know, that's a good question. Um, I want to say probably in, in our time of doing it, maybe 15. Wow. My wife could probably correct me and slap me later and say, Dude, yeah, where <laughs> are you? You forgot one. What's wrong? Right. <laughs> she is she is definitely uh uh would be you know better to answer that. But it, it's been somewhere between, you know, twelve, ten, twelve kids, fifteen wow. kids, something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Is is there a limit on how many you can foster? At one time there is. Okay. I, like fostering a number of children based on the amount of beds basically you have in your home I rooms. See. But but um uh, you could you could be in foster for forever, and so the length of time, the number of children over the length of time. So how long have you been doing it? We did it after my th- after my third Avery. Um, we decided to to do it. Now there was a um, inspiration from her parents, my wife's parents, that they they got into uh, foster care, and and we sort of were were there firsthand to see, and. Um, yeah, it was after uh Avery that um we decided uh actually my wife had miscarried because she was pregnant with a, okay. another child after Avery and um we just sat back and 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 thought about what her parents were and seeing what her parents had gone through and we decided to pursue the the foster parent. So it was uh probably a year um no, well, I guess it was right after Avery um, we decided to get licensed and okay. pursue it. Um, I think we did it even before that. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember that the, the dates are, are, are running together, but 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 we've been doing it since probably at least since Avery was born. Wow, yeah, so we're talking 15 16 years at least, uh, 16, yeah, because wow, really 16 in August. Wow, for that, so.
0: that's that's awesome, yeah, yeah, that's the this is why I wanted you to be the person to talk about this. I didn't realize how long you'd been doing it, but this is, this is fantastic. Um, so let's start here. So as someone who's been doing this mm-hmm. for so long as you have for everyone else, and rather than just getting, you know, a Google definition of what this is, what, what does it really mean to foster a child?
1: Oh man, that's a good question. Um exp- i mean it's really it, it it it's 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 a duty it's a, a an expression of applied faith um it's it's realizing there's a need out there in our community and realizing we have been blessed with resources blessed with with a family a home and that sort of thing and and understanding that that we have an opportunity to open our home up to and again There was some background we got to see uh, from my wife's parents what the children they would bring into their homes and the types of backgrounds those children went through. Mm -hmm. And so we got to see that firsthand and we just, we wanted to be an extension of that is, is because we saw that there was absolute need for that type of service, that type of, of my, um, of, of uh, opening your home and allowing children that have never seen what it looks like on the on the side of a a normal quote unquote normal i mean we're, we're about as normal as you can get I guess but what a what a normal family looks like right, right? the sort of the the nuclear family construct that's in right. our minds um these children never have never seen that a lot of them have never wow. seen that, and so Having had three children, and and we just felt like the time was was good to open up. I always, uh, my wife will tell you this: like I wanted four children, she wanted two, and we met. We ended up with six, so the math yeah. somewhere got off there. Yeah. But but, uh, <laughs> but um, you know that that fourth child, uh, we you know we just opened our home. And felt like we, this was an opportunity for us to um, to bring someone in to help, and and you know we 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 talked about a sort of a permanent adoption. But, but at the time we first started, we just said, look, let's do foster. Let's, let's, let's bring children in, let's give them an opportunity. And when you're in this, when you're in the state system and you're a foster parent in that regard, you see a lot of stuff that you just do not want to see the underbelly of humanity, probably at its worst um, in certain cases. And I can tell you, there are children we've seen come into our home, not our home, but, um, but my, my, my wife's parents' home that, I mean, beaten and bruised and and I can tell you some really horrific travesties that have come in. Mm. And just, just again, just seeing if it's a week, if it's a month, if it's six months, however long they're in your home, that just the transformation of these kids, they, they see like, oh, there are people out there that love. Gives them hope. Exactly. Sounds like. so So, and when you couple that with, with a faith in God, and you couple that with our belief system and, and who we believe the Master is, they get to see that okay, it's a it's a beautiful home, it's a wonderful home, but they get they get to see they get a a, a brush of God, so to speak, sure. in a family uh, in a home that 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 cherishes, you know, putting the Lord first, and right. so they, they get a they get a, again, it could be a week, it could be six months, but they get to see that it's a it's a, wow. it's, a it's a touch that they get to see that they wouldn't have otherwise.
0: So, so fostering is just. Essentially,
1: giving a kid an opportunity that hasn't had one—that's the way and, we and, looked at it, yeah. right? Right. I know I gave you a huge, long-winded answer, but but that's that's exactly what it is. It's it's um, and for a lot of people that are that are unsure, because you know a lot of people go into this thinking, "Man, I don't. How will I react?" And it and it and it sometimes. And look, this is this was me too. It's it's you know some folks will say, "Well, selfishly speaking," and and it's it's there's somewhat some truth to that, but. But it is a, it is a. I mean, you're talking about a human being, and when you go into this and you say, "Hey, I, I want to help," what does that mean? How do I help? And I think fostering is a great way to do that because you know you're unsure if if you're ready to have a child. You're in, you know permanent, mm-hmm. but but opening up your home uh, on a short term basis to to help, that's I mean that that's needed. That's a that's a huge need out in our community. Well. Wow. And, and it's a way for folks to, to assist and help um, without, you know, if they're in that stage in life where they're unsure of, of I'm ready to, to really um, uh, uh, raise a child and, and bring a child in this world, and, and, which is a huge decision. And, and and look, I'll just tell you, there's no difference in that decision between biological children and foster children mm-hmm. and, and adoptive children the whole initial point is bringing a child and caring for a child and raising a child, whether they're biological or not, it's the same, it's the same decision point. It's the same result. I mean, there's, there's, there's differences, but it, but you know what? I've, I've got every one of my children, the three biological and the three non-biological, every one of them have different personalities and different ways about them and different things they think of. So it's not, um, it's the same decision point in my mind, uh, uh, that people go into. So, anyways, sorry, giving you a long winded no, no, this <laughs> answer is great. to to that, but uh, but yeah, foster is probably more of a a way to, to sort of get that sort of interim, sort of short term assistance and and provide that, which is which is huge. It is so well, it sure. is such a big impact on those kids. Yeah, lives for sure. I
0: mean, I mean, just the the concept that you talked about. You take kids who come from. Probably the, some of the worst brokenness, mm, mm-hmm. and you show them that it's not always like that. That's right. It's not all that bad, and so they have something to look forward to. And That's I right. mean, hope is a hope is a huge player in life. Whenever you want to achieve anything, just getting the glimpse of oh, this is what it could be, mm-hmm. it gives you an aspiration, it gives you a dream, it gives you a, a reason to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope, hope is a big thing. So it's a it's a neat element of fostering that I had not even considered you dabbled in this next question a little bit but i'll give you another opportunity to elaborate on it the the reason why you started what what's what what was it that what that was truly your why that you know i know you talked about seeing it firsthand in your in-laws home but everything put together what was ultimately the why to you and your wife making the decision. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into foster yeah. care.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. So, seeing it firsthand, right, and seeing there's a need, but it, but the the real conviction for me came in the book of James. James is applied Christianity. Right. James is the the real life applying your faith. That is what the book of James is. And in James chapter one, verse twenty seven see to or visit the widows and the orphans. And that's what you know. King James and, and some of the other translations will, will frame it. And I love the way that the Amplified frames it, which is more of the sort of the word for word yeah. translations. It says, see to the widows and the orphans and help them. And, and it was a conviction for me to say, look, if if you are who you say you are and you really believe in who God is, Take my word and apply sure. it, and 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 so for me it was, uh, and my wife t- before me, but for me it was that conviction, seeing that, saying, "Hey, this is something that's that's tangible. This is something that I could absolutely do today." And and I, you know, I love children, I love kids. My 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 you know my three kids at that time, it's, they were you know I, my life, and and there were there were so many. Uh, at that time, the the need to have that love extended to other children was just—I uh, mean, it was—it was rampant. I mean, we need it, just—and it's still today. My I'm, I'm understanding, we've not been in the foster system for uh, for a while, but the need's still there. Sure. And so, um, for me, it was—it was seeing the need coupled with this conviction from the Lord. Uh, you know, reading James and saying it doesn't get any more. Concrete and black and white than that, yeah <laughs> um you know for me, and you know other folks have other convictions and that are absolutely just as valid and 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 convicting uh but for me this this was something that that we saw the way that I was raised, the way my wife was raised, and seeing it in front of us um that's that's what really got me into this day one, yeah, well, as you pointed out, when it talks about
0: you know seeing to and helping the widows and the orphans. It's prefaced by, "This
1: is what true and pure religion looks that's like." <laughs> right, undefiled religion. That's I forget. Yeah, I, I should have stressed that. That's exactly right. This that's, is
0: what it looks like. like if you're right. going to live it out,
1: absolutely. This
0: is this is how you can do it. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. It that really just I mean, for those of us who do ascribe to the Christian faith, it does kind of hit you right in the face and say, <laughs> "Hey, hey, buddy, <laughs> here's a brick." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. I mean, it's it's a pretty good that's a pretty good why. Yeah, I would say that that is a pretty good why. I'm going to bring up one of my objections, one of my hurdles that I would have going into fostering. And that is, how do you go into it knowing that there's a chance and possibly even a likelihood? I mean, just based off what the numbers you gave me, you gave me potentially 15 that you fostered, and two of them is what you've adopted out of... The fostering process. So going into that, how do, how do you prepare yourself or what's the mentality that you have to have knowing that the children you bring into your home, that you welcome into your home, you make the commitment to love them as your own, but there's this really good chance
1: that they'll have to exit your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's, do you overcome that? You don't. I'm just gonna be honest okay. with you. It it's it is something that nags at you. Um, it is hard, um, but it's really. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's a Matthew 28. It's it's the sheep's and the goats. It's the and I and I say that by when Christ defined when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. And I think that mindset coupled with that James applied applied faith. You think about. There's a there's an individual there's a human being in need, and you're bringing them into the warmth and out from the dark cold, you know uh, whatever environment they're in, and you bring them into the warmth, and you love on them, and you say their life is better, life is better than this. Um, God loves you, um, and we're going to show you what this home looks like, and you know it with sort of this missionary approach to to each child that comes in your home. I think that helps but you never get over it. You never, you never, you always, you always get a little attached to one and some of them, some of them more than others. And we, sorry. You're okay. We had one that was in our home not too long ago before uh, Keegan. Mm -hmm. And man, we love that little guy, but there was a a great aunt and uncle up in uh, Washington. That really wanted him to. And and that's the right answer. I mean, they'll tell you the, you know, the system will say that's the right answer. You reunite them with biological family. Now, I personally sort of disagree with that because we're kind of proving that wrong. Sure. Because family is family. Family doesn't matter, blood, how you relate it, but but that's that's sort of the state mentality is let's reunite them. And they were great people. They were super loving and and we got we got one little um uh about a year after he left, we got a little video of him crawling for the first time. And, but man, we were we were when he when they came and picked him up and drove away. It was, it, I'm not. It was hard. It was hard on all of us. But um, when we came together. And we prayed and we said, "This is what you want, God. This is your will, and we have to understand that." Just mm-hmm. like anything else in your life, anything sure. else that you do, that you have to just understand that there's a bigger there's a bigger purpose in a bigger cause behind what you do. And you have to subordinate yourself and your feelings and your attachments. Just like John said, I have to decrease so he can increase. And sure. that's exactly what we do is you have to subordinate your feelings and your, your attachments and sentiments and say, there's a reason why... This little guy wasn't meant to be in our home, but meant to be in in, the, in these two folks' home mm-hmm. up in Washington. That's that's. There's a reason for that. Is it easy? Nope, <laughs> it's not. Is it? Uh, does it get easier with each one? Nope, it doesn't. It's hard. But we wouldn't be human beings with. Sure. That's what differentiates us with, from the you know the other animals is you wouldn't be human beings if you didn't have that didn't have that reaction. That's so. right.
0: Wow. So it doesn't. It easy it doesn't there's there's really no mental preparation going into it other than realizing that you're doing something for a bigger purpose mm-hmm.
1: that's that's my personal yes sure. that's 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 how I get and I resolve it and I understand it yes that's to, to me it's again they're 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 beautiful when they come into your home and you're 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 scooping them up and you're pulling them close you're saying I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you from whatever you you just went through and and you pray with everything you've got. You pray that when you release them that that you know that God has protected them. Sure. But at a bare minimum, like I said, they walk away knowing that that um there is sanity out there. There yeah. is I mean, you know, relatively speaking, of course, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah. That's that's right. That's awesome.
0: That's an incredible answer. Um Okay, we'll move on to the next question here. Um, let me ask, and you've kind of already addressed this a little bit, but you can dabble in more. Um, so, You foster to adopt. The adoption is finalized. Is there ever any challenge blending the two together? So those that you foster to adopt, and you've got two to use for this answer, but was there ever any conflict was there ever anything out of the norm i guess in trying to blend biological with those
1: adopted oh i see um you know at first when i got into this i thought there would be to be honest with you um i thought that there would be this i've got to act one way and do certain things and treat certain certain individuals a certain way because there is when i first got into this I I perceive this to be a difference but as I did it and as we got into it uh there's not it it's it's the same treatment it's the same I mean I'll be honest sometimes I forget yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes I forget um but no I, I I think I think initially there was I'll be honest um of how would I respond you know in questions too um one one of the questions we asked ourselves was when do you tell the child because we 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 fostered and adopted children that were very very young, like three weeks younger gotcha. so that's that was kind of our when we were fostering we said, look state agency we want we want like nothing older than six months now we we did foster older children, but we realized there was a Believe it or not, there's a bigger need for newborns and infants okay. for you know for foster and adopt services and that's my wife's just that's her thing and and um but um when you when you when you're 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 asking yourselves the question how do you communicate that so so my my oldest adoptive daughter Brindley um we asked ourselves that question like when do you tell her? You know, what, what, what do we say to her? How do we, because I had um, a cousin that was ad- adopted and, and I had uh, some friends that were adopted and, and I reached out to them as we were getting into this and, Hey, did, did your parents tell you when you were adopted? Did they, did they say anything to you? Did you know? And And the ones that said their parents didn't tell them felt betrayed when they found out felt lied to and the ones that said their parents always told them they knew it mm-hmm. felt like there was a trust factor there and i i remember one guy telling me one time um you do these circles like when you're in you know in my company and business over the years you do these little sort of you know tell us something neat about yourself kind of thing and mine's always like the, the kids right yeah. always you know <laughs> certainly the number of kids sure <laughs> uh, definitely a conversation starter right um but one one of the, uh, when I was working at a CPA firm and we were doing a, an offsite and one of the guys that was leading uh, the discussion, when I told myself about him, he came to me later after the, after the, the, the session, he said, Hey, I, I was adopted and I, I'm interested in your story. And we just got to talking and I said, I asked him that same question. I said, well, did you know, did your parents tell you? He said, yeah, that, that, that they did. And I felt like. They trusted me with that information, and later in life, he he did have an urging to to meet his biological parents, which is again, I'll be honest, that's that's a scary moment in in sure. adoptive parents' lives. Like, okay, because you, again, you go into this protecting them, and you don't want them to get hurt, right? In any way, um, he took it to the point where he reached out and got the information of who his parents were, biological parents were, and. He kept the information he thought about it over the weekend he talked to his wife about it And he goes and at the end of the day he said i threw it away i said that's my family that's my those are my parents those are the ones that raised me those are the ones that were there at the ball games those were the ones that came to the first day of school those are the yeah. ones that that's my family and it just gave me an assurance and a comfort level saying hey sure. it's it's out there and and having witnessed my uh my cousin when uh, and what he went through and what my my aunt and uncle went through when they communicated to him that he was adopted and he that came out by mistake it wasn't even deliberate there either um and and look my my aunt and uncle very loving beautiful people doing everything they can to protect us sure this little guy and 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 felt like that was the best decision at the time and just to protect him and um but but I know that he felt there was a there was a period of time where there was a strain, and, and he had to come come you know overcome that that sense of something he didn't know about his life, you know. And mm-hmm. anyway, I'm starting to digress, but we decided early on when you're thinking about that decision, like where's the conflict and where's the decision points, and you think about what you what you do and say. We decided to let our children know that you know any, any child that we adopted, we were going to be very open and upfront. Didn't want didn't want them to to not know something. Now, that doesn't mean we don't protect them and keep them away from all that as much sure. as we can. Cause we absolutely do. Because um, there's certain things you do where you keep their identity hidden so that, you know, it's some parents that try to reach out. And we've heard of, of like, the internet, people reaching out, trying to search that way. But mm. anyway, we decided to tell them. And um, beyond that, honestly, Anthony, I, I can tell you that outside of that, everything else is, is just normal. It's like... Whatever the first three and how we acted and how we talked and mm-hmm. how we did is the exact same way we did the, you know the other three. Now look, I don't have a parents manual out there, and I, yeah. I don't know of one that's out there that exists. There's not, so, <laughs> so I don't know what the, the right is answer is. Wrong, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know what the right answer is. I just know that that the way that we um, the way that we parented the first three is the same way we parented the 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 second three. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, and it it seems to work. Um, it's more about each individual child's character differences and, and personality differences than it is about adoption versus non-adoption. Sure.
0: I think that's really neat because I know one of my objections and I've, I, I talked about this in an interview a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of my hurdles for adoption is, you know, I know that my kids are mine and I can see my kids and I can see how well they have turned out. Mm-hmm. and the fact that I had anything to do with that is kind of a a miracle. Yeah. Because, you know, I know me. That's right. (laughs) That's the scary part. (laughs) Exactly. And then they turn out, they're just, you know, fantastic, and they're all unique in their own way. But trying to overcome that fact of, you know, this one's potentially not mine biologically. Right. You know, maybe I won't see any of myself in them, and so (laughs) it's for me it's you know if if we're still physically able to have more kids why would we not just have more kids rather than choosing the course of adoption sure. um just because they've all turned out so well yeah. That's 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 yeah. one of the hurdles that i have but um i think that's i think that's neat hearing your perspective though cuz obviously you've you've done this a lot yeah. you know, you're you're probably an expert in this field Whoa. technically <laughs> as much as you've done it uh, but but, you, but you, you you say hear. an
1: interesting thing there that, that that I actually had um did some personal study on and that's the uh you know how these kids will turn out and sometimes our minds attach this sort of innate sort of what's in their DNA mindset that mm-hmm. that hey I I don't know how they're going to turn out I don't know what they're going to do you know to your point yeah. um what's interesting is uh several books but 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 there's studies out there that state that the environment in which you're raised in the environment in which you have is probably, I think for years people thought, well, it's just, the, it's just who they are. It's in sure. their gene bull. It's in their DNA, but the environment they're finding is, is, is probably equally or if not more impactful to the child than it is how, you know, what's in their system, so to speak. Sure. What's in their, um, their DNA and, and uh, genetics and, I see that today. I mean, I really do. It's hard to, it's hard to step back and say, well, you know, because of X, Y, and Z, that's why, you know, Riley and Keegan and, 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 and are the way they are because we don't have a controlled group to see what they would be like in the the situation. But, but you can see certainly common elements and expressions and, and thought processes, um, that are very aligned with how they were raised and that sort of thing. Cause other children in the family have said that, but, sure. but, um, but yeah, cause that, that was something that, that you mentioned that in it, in it, 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 I thought about that too, is like, you know, how do you know? And and there's, there's a, there's a questions about legitimate questions about knowing the, the health history of the child, all of that, sure. that is absolutely uh, a valid concern and, and, question because you want to to prepare for anything that does pass down you know right. uh genetically that kind of thing but but certainly the behavior and and um you know how they how they act and how they are is again i would i would say you know the environment is probably more impactful and in and how they're raised and and the home uh uh is probably more influencing than, I'm not a scientist and I don't claim to be one but but I certainly have read enough studies to show because of that a lot of yeah. part because of that question um to to know that that there's a lot out there a lot of there's a huge body of work that says that the environment's probably more influencing than than what's in the gene pool That's awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: I I, I have a feeling that I'm going to get through cuz I've got some other interviews on the topic of adoption coming up, I have I have <laughs> this this feeling in the back of my mind that it's probably something that we might end up doing by the
1: time I get done with all of this. <laughs> well hey, I'm gonna tell you if I can if I can convince you, I I will convince you, it's it is definitely something that, that all, all folks should consider for sure. Well
0: I know my wife's gonna be glad to hear that. At, I think I might have shared this in the last interview on you know, adoption, but I won't go through all three of them. Our first two were over nine pounds and then the third one was 11-1. So my wife's on <laughs> board for adoption, let me tell you. Body can't handle anymore. Yeah. Stop but it. Can't push out a second grader. <laughs> That's <right>. So anyway, <laughs> she's going to be mad I said that. All right. So next question, let me talk to you about this because um, we go to church together and I've seen the way that you're your kids help and your kids act and they're involved, mm-hmm. uh, in what you're doing when, when you foster new children, uh, what kind of an impact? Cause I mean, you see it in the home. So what kind of an impact has this lifestyle of fostering and adopting? What What does it had on your kids?
1: That's a good question. And I'll tell you, um, when we do have discussion, now this is Papa Bear, Papa Ferris talking. I don't like to to my my daughters to come to me and tell me their marriage and all that stuff. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Just yeah. <laughs> just wait till you're about 35 and then we'll have that discussion. But <laughs> but when we have legitimate discussions about what they want in their family, the first thing that's come up is I don't know if I want kids, I want to adopt. Mm. So every one of them, every single one of them that that is certainly old enough to make a decision to even think about it in these terms. Every one of them have said adoptions in their future, fosterings in their future, and I think to me and Kayla, I think that has been uh, an amazing result sure. uh, to to have my kids come to us and say this is something that we're going to carry on, carry on the legacy, carry on the you know the 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 extension of 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 what you know you know, granny and papa have done, what you and mom have done and what we're going to, you know, continue doing. And I think that's, if anything, that's, that's, that's a win because, uh, because of the need that's out there and, and, and the impact it has on, on, on kids. And, you know, we try to teach our kids the right things. We try to teach our kids the, the valid stuff. Um, We're not always perfect. We're not always successful, but, (laughs) but, uh, nobody is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I, think, I think the fact that they came to us and, and when we've talked about this this topic and they've, they've, they've that's not even thinking, just sort of just, just almost a visceral response. Like it's, we're going to adopt. I mean, it's, just, it's not a question. It's just a matter of when, you know. Right. And I think that's that's awesome. So I think that they have they have learned a lot in this process, I mean, they're still encouraging mom and dad. Hey, go get another one. We want another I'm like, okay, slow down. We're getting into advanced years. You want to see grandchildren eventually. But, uh, but, uh, no, I think, I think the, the impact on them has been nothing but positive, nothing but favorable. So. That's awesome. Well, that's that's a
0: very neat concept and idea of continuing on that legacy, you know, not that it just stems from you or from their grandparents, but, you know, it reaches back to the why you gave earlier of this is what true and pure christianity is this, this is yeah. what religion looks like yeah you know doing this that's right that's right to continue to live that out when as you said there is a great need for it that's uh i'd imagine that that's a pretty cool response
1: to see in your in your children oh oh it is it is it's like and we're like yes well, <laughs> we did something right <laughs> yeah that's that's
0: all we need is parents and dads is that one one i know that we, i know we can, it's we can like hang on one that. shot in golf you get one yeah. good hit
1: and you're like okay I'm, that's all i'm doing this today. is the I'm story i'm going to tell everybody <laughs> <That's right. laughs> one right. time this happened
0: <laughs> that's right um so, so let me ask you this question um i i know you've you've mentioned that it's something that every family should consider with with the adoption route let's it, let's narrow it down to fostering mm-hmm. How would a family recognize if if they're suitable to do that? Do you think that there are um, some some qualifiers to that? That's okay. Do you think there's some, maybe some qualifiers to that? As in, you know, do we need some sort of mental preparation for what we're going to do? Do we need particular financial preparation? Does our family, does our home need to look a certain way? Um, do we need kids before we do this, or should we just? welcome and the, welcome them in with no other kids mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. what 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 parameters or suggestions would you give to a family who's considering
1: yeah fostering yeah. good question so when you and, and, and your wife sat down and decided to have a child what were some of the decisions you guys made honestly I don't really know other than the night we're gonna have a kid <laughs> <laughs> but my point is is it's the same decision point right so when you're I mean there are some there are some things you nailed it. Mentally preparing yourself for the fostering route versus adoptive route, and that's what we talked about earlier. Is is knowing that this is temporary. It's mm-hmm. not something that's absolutely something you have to prepare for. Um, I don't know if there's a, a good way to prepare for that. You just sort of telling yourself that this is this is something that kind of comes in and out of your life, and being prepared for that. But but the decision overall to to care for a child. Uh, to raise a child, whether it's a week of raising or it's six months of raising or two years of raising, mm-hmm. that decision is the same. Um, and I think when you're ready um, mentally, uh, just like you would when you're ready mentally to have a child, mm-hmm. a biological child, when you're ready financially, that's super important. Um, making sure you know those decisions are done in a, a good financial context. But the most important thing to me, in my mind, is spiritually. Are you are you ready for this? Are, is is this something that you believe in? Is this something that that um, that you feel like you're aligned with with scripture and aligned with what God wants for you? I think those three components you know physically, you know, or mentally, uh, financially, and spiritually. I think those are the three that you, th- you think about when you go through kind of your if you were to do sort of this proverbial checklist and say yeah I got that I'm ready I'm ready I got that I mean it's not that easy, but um certainly um you know those components I think are important to sit down and especially when you're married and and you and your wife can sit down and really talk about this and say we have to be prepared we have to support and be prepared for you know bringing children into our home that sometimes they don't look like us mm-hmm. they don't talk like us um they come from a completely different background than than than, um, you know, than what we're used to. and it depends on the age, right? so we we fostered, like I said, the very young, but we also fostered some children that were five and six years old and that kind of thing and and we got to see kind of a mix of of differences. um but to answer your question, it, it I don't know if you can just be perfectly prepared for it, sure, because the unknown you can't just, really be perfectly prepared for biological children either exactly <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. but but honestly, Anthony, I mean, the same decision points, the same way we approach the biological children is the exact same way we approach the the foster and okay. uh, adoptive children.
0: Okay. I'm going to give you an opportunity because you mentioned it earlier and you said you'd be happy to share it. So uh, bonus content here. <laughs> the um, the adoption that you had
1: that you said was kind mm. of a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. You should tell us that. Absolutely. Well, all of them are miracles in, okay. in one way or another. Sure. Uh, for Sure. Um, but this one was unique. Uh, it was Riley, uh, okay. our, our second to last child, uh, second to youngest child. Um, we were not foster parents at the time. We weren't licensed. We weren't, we weren't, um, we, we had, we had, we had taken a break from Brindley, uh, four children, um, grew up, uh, or, or wanted to, to, to take some time to, to get them, you know, uh, just settled and, and, and. You know starting school and things like that and we decided when she was six that we would hey let's open our home up again let's do this again and um we we were uh it's interesting we started the paperwork you know to 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 re and uh to get our license back out there and we went on vacation once one weekend up in arkansas and when we when we got home i mean it was it was that night uh Actually, it was the next morning. It was early the next morning. We were we just pulled in really late and parked our camper and went inside and went to bed and woke up and we got a phone call uh, from a friend of ours that was a nurse and one of the area hospitals, and she said, Hey, I know you guys aren't registered, I know you guys aren't licensed, I know you guys aren't. But but hey, there is a woman that came in the hospital and gave gave birth to a child, and she 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 doesn't want the child. She, she, she just doesn't want it. She's not talking to anybody. She's just, she just, but she just doesn't want the child. And she said, look, I'm going to get in trouble doing this. I'll just tell you up front. But before we call CPS, I wanted to see if you guys would be interested in, in, in the child without hesitation. Yes. And we took our kids to some friends and dropped them off to babysit. And we drove over to the hospital and they brought us in there and introduced us to the, the mother and we sat down and for three hours, we just sat there and told her our life story. We told her We brought pictures of our children, brought pictures of our home. And we just said, look, this is this is something we believe in. This is something we love. We love children. We love to help. We wanna help. And it, it was interesting because she just sat there and listened. Didn't ask any questions really, just sat there and listened to us. And we got through and we just, we looked up and she said, I, I want, I want the child to go to you. I want, I want, I want the baby to go. Cause she's you know, parental rights and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so um, she signed paperwork that basically stated that um, we could, we could have uh guardianship over the, over the baby. But we got the name of the baby. We got the name of Riley. Um, we, our names are on the original birth certificate. Uh, Cause she had yeah. delegated over and but we just had guardianship rights at that point and she said well listen i the, i'm going to go out of town to houston um I'll be back in about a week or so and i'll sign the final paperwork so that gives you full uh, you know way my parents rights and everything so so we took her home um and we were loving on her and just just praying that this all and that's the scary moment this is not done through any state agency it's not it's just too two individual, two sure. people coming together and saying um, completely outside of the state. And of course we have we had a, a foster attorney that we used um when we were in the foster as foster parents to adopt and we pulled her in to get her involved and say, hey, you just want to make sure that the paperwork's legit and we're not doing something that you know we shouldn't be doing and mm-hmm. things. And so she was there. She says, No, just just this is the this is the form. This is the paperwork. This is all the stuff that she needs to fill out. So when she gets back in town Have her fill that out. We didn't hear from the. We didn't hear from her the next week. Didn't hear from the second week. It was about the third or fourth week. We finally got Kaylee got a phone call, and I was at work. And the mother was back in town, and she said, "Hey, I want to see the baby." Or she goes, "Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to sign the papers." Um, but hey, can you bring the child? And before, she didn't want to see her Mm -hmm. at that time. Now she wants to see her, and my wife just just freaks, flips out, she, like, she calls me in tears. I know this is the right thing to do, I know we're supposed to do this, but now she wants to see the child. John, we're gonna have to... I said, just wait, Just let's just see how this plays out and see where, you know, what, what, what's, um, where this goes. And they met at a, a location that was, I think, at a bank, because <laughs> they needed a notary to, to sign the paperwork. Gotcha. So Kayla had a friend of ours go with her, and, and she brought the other children, uh, just in case there was a goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just kind of fingers crossed and praying that, and Kayla showed up and, and the mother said, um, she was there waiting, waiting on us and, uh, or Kayla and, and uh, Kayla said, um, do you want to see the child? You she goes, no, let me sign the paperwork first. So she signed all the paperwork and she was good with it and then she and then she 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 saw Riley and um i mean to me that whole process going through that getting everything signed over in that 3 week 4 week period to us showing up at the McKitty courthouse for the adoption day and the judge standing up and having all the kids come back behind the desk and type in the adoption order um which that's a whole another topic we should talk about uh, as far as going into the courthouse and and waiting in line for your your adoption hearing and the stuff that goes in front of that it's pretty sad wow. <laughs> in our in our society but 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 that whole process when you walk in there for something like that the entire courtroom just lights up and everybody just there's almost it's like a it's almost surreal surreal moment because everything stops and everybody just like. Finally, some good. This is a good yeah. thing happening, you know, and you see that. But anyway, that's cool. Um, yeah, so the whole thing, the way that it all worked, the way that it 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 played out. I mean, this never happens. Never happens this way. It never happens. So it was a complete and total God thing for sure. Sure, but it was a miracle because because typically, and and again, we saw this with the other two is there's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of hearings, there's a lot of parents getting, or not parents, but family that could potentially getting, getting involved. And so you, you have a little bit of that going through it, but this was completely just 100% all the way through and all the way to the adoption um, a year later and officially, officially um, adopt, adoption. And so um, that, that whole process without having been licensed and seeking it out you know to to adopt it just happened and that's why when you think about you know caitlin ashen or avery god gave them to us just like this gave riley and brindley and keegan to us mm-hmm. just a different medium they sure. came to us but all of them were given to us to take care of so that one was unique though because it was just you know completely outside of the system completely outside of the normal process and it yeah. just it just it just happened it just it just happened so uh uh, seamlessly and 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 without hitches and things you kind of run into sometimes. Sure. So anyway,
0: I think it's really cool though, and that it speaks a lot about you and your wife. How you did it as much as you did it, and you're still. Are you are you still licensed now?
1: No, no, okay. no.
0: no. Right. Are you, you think you're calling it quits? I, I mean, mean, it's okay. I'm, if I'm ready you for do. grandkids you, you, you now. Yeah, so I think. <laughs>
1: you have done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we I think we're done. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah,
0: but I just think it's really neat that in doing it as long as you did it, you made such an impact to where nurses and other people knew about you. Yeah. knew to call you. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's I, I that says a lot. Right? Yeah, that was good. Uh, um we need we need more people like like you out there. Mm-hmm. Um that's awesome. Um let's leave let's let's leave it with this. Let's wrap it up with this right here. So You've had a lot of kids in your home. You still (laughs) technically have a lot of kids in your home. What's one thing that you'd like to leave dads with? Just tip, information, recommendation. Here's one thing you really need to know, whatever it might be.
1: Man, this is where I say something really (laughs) earth-shattering, and I don't have anything really earth-shattering to say other than, I think the biggest thing for me is just being open with your kids and one, one thing that I, I'll tell you that I think has probably been the most successful for me and Kayla coming together and, and is that's being consistent with your children, consistency. So when you lay it out and you lay a rule out or you lay a, you know, a decision point they make and you say, okay, all right, this, you're, you're deciding this. You're going to have to live with it, being consistent. Just stay consistent, support each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but kids need a dad. They need a dad. They need a mom, no doubt. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. But they need a dad. They need a dad role, a dad figure. It is so important to be a dad because they want, they need someone they can talk to, to have a perspective. But honestly, it's someone they know they're safe and protected. Um, so I I don't think I have a great sort of one liner answer for you other than just what I what
0: there's not one that's why that's why <laughs> yeah. I asked just try yeah them. but
1: I, I would say probably consistency has probably been the biggest thing I I if someone were to ask like how how you know what's one teaching principle for your children I think th- being consistent just being consistent with what you do and 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 what you lay out for your children just just sticking to that and, and being consistent with it
0: yeah that's good I, I know that. That's a struggle point for a lot of people who have multiple kids mm. because, mm. you know, baby number three or baby number four, they don't have to do what baby number one and number two did, right? <laughs> that's
1: exactly right. <laughs> Completely different. That's right.
0: Yeah, you're the fourth one. We're tired of kids. Yeah. You can do whatever you
1: want. <laughs> and, I, and I can't say that that hasn't happened with us either, but 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 yeah, that's exactly but right. But
0: the mindfulness of consistency is a it, – it's definitely a neat – sure. A necessary component, and
1: know they're watching you like a hawk. Yeah. too. I mean they watch everything you do too. So yeah, if you be mindful of that as well. But. That's
0: that's awesome. Uh, I'm gonna wrap up with one question that I meant to ask you. Mm-hmm. So when you made sure. the decision to tell your children that they were adopted, what age did you resolve on?
1: You know, or was we, there a particular we, point? No, we pretty much started very early. Um, now, two of my children, you know, it's pretty clear, but but with with Brinley. Um, we, I, I don't I think we told her from day one um that actually I think what what helped was my wife used to do life books okay. um and so they would do pictures and 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 storylines and things like that, and we started by telling her, yeah, when you first came into our home when we were fostering, we just pretty much when she was old enough to 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 comprehend um you know uh we didn't tell her when she was like 5 but we told her sure. maybe or maybe maybe it was about that time but but you know earlier than that we wanted her to to develop and be able to process it but sure. but um man i don't remember the exact time we 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 sort of it, it's almost been like just a part of who we who we are and yeah. you know looking at pictures and things like that with her and and her being very cognizant of uh, early on of, of of um you know how she came into the family that sort of thing um yeah. but yeah, I just think it's just like any other thing. That's that's kind of a, a life, a life, a, a heavy life um, uh, point to make with your children when they're old enough to understand it. Um, but you just you just you just you're open, and I think that's the other thing too is is just being open with your children when they have questions. You don't try to hide anything. You just, hey, this is this is how it happened. Yeah. Um But um, yeah, it's interesting because I mean I remember first maybe second grade she was telling kids in her class, yeah, I'm adopted. And kids were like, "No, you're not." Like, "Yeah, yeah, I yeah. am." And, and you know, I came into my mom and dad's house, and you know, it's just something she accepted and didn't yeah. didn't struggle with it. So
0: well, that's that's really neat because yeah. it's usually not that way.
1: No, no, it, and again, that's that's a good point because, and again, I think it's the the lack of openness is probably why there's this sort of bitterness or this this feeling of betrayal that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a
0: friend who was in that situation. Is that right? Yeah, and he yeah. always suspected it, but his mother would never tell him. And then he found <laughs> out, and then he was mad.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's. And look, I, 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 I believe the parents' motives were good. Um, I, you know, and and it's hard for someone that realizes that what they've always known their entire life is is not sure. Absolutely, that's that's a that's a tough one to struggle with. So I think just being open with your kid just provides another sense of trust and you know, uh, hey, I I know they're being honest with me. There's no lie. There's nothing there that I don't know kind of thing. So it's it's just the openness I think is is important. Gotcha. John, this has been a fantastic interview. I think you've not
0: only helped those of us who are maybe on the fence about fostering or adoption, but you've also contributed some things that are helpful to people who do have adopted children who are maybe wrestling with the question of, well, do I tell them? When do I tell them? I I think that's a huge component. this has been a great interview that's good if I'm, I can
1: get more people involved and more people engaged and and I'm, I'm a big cheerleader for it so it, that's great I hope and I'm I'm, well, I'm I'm absolutely happy to entertain questions or anything that you know, that follows up from this I'm I'm a big proponent of it so well you send them to down. me and I'll send them to him <laughs> <laughs> absolutely awesome. absolutely
0: awesome well thank you again for your time yeah thank you and um, for having me thanks Thanks for living the way that you've lived and then sharing that story. Yeah, no problem. Great example. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for everyone who has watched and listened today. This is Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I hope you'll join me next time.